Hey, how's it going, Lee? It's nice to see you at the crossroads again. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, should I try it on my phone? Are you on your computer? Yeah. You're perfect right now. Just stand still? Nope, you're good. Right. I just did it right there in the beginning. That's all it is. Is it is it better on your phone? I think so. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll move. We'll move. We'll push forward. See how it goes. You know technology, man. This is this is what it's come down to. The wave of the future. This is this is our life and um we just gotta deal with it. Unless unless you're willing to go and get rid of one of these and go get a flip phone. Yeah. Which I've been considering doing. You know what? I was thinking about how, yeah, that might be very easy to do if you were to live out in the open, in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. Much, or much you don't easier. Need, you don't even have cell phone reception, so what do you need a cell phone for? And to answer everyone's question that's wondering, yes, I am in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have folks over and uh, we're in a smaller space right now. So it's a super funny joke. Yeah, yeah. This is this is basically our extra room because the living room connects to the um, this connects to the bedroom, which is the living room, right? The door goes from the living room to the bedroom, and then the bathrooms in our bedroom. So this is what we are deal dealing with, sir. Orally. Simone, say, hey, so uh, this, you know, pandemic, it's brought a lot of, uh, a lot of governments uh, to, uh, it's brought a lot of uh, power to the government, huh? How about it? Well, they're definitely being exposed, to say the least. Dude, they just, they, they, they're, they're saying that it's because it's snowing, you should just stay inside. And then, um, what was that one tweet Eliseo sent over recent or like most recently, like just a little while ago? About what's her name? Uh, was it Governor wanna, Whitmer? Whitmer. She says abortion must be available during the coronavirus because it is life sustaining. Huh. Kind of like hanging people is life-sustaining? Just like um, letting them die of the coronavirus is life-sustaining. If that's, if that's your logic, then why even, let, why even say to keep people indoors? Why are you talking, lady? Basically. What are you talking about, lady? <laughs> she, she's not even a ma'am yet. She's just a lady. Ma'am hey, is... I haven't thought about people. that angle. What angle are we talking about? A right angle or Never a mind. I, I, I'm going to get myself into trouble. Uh, I should hold back on that one. Ooh, self-censoring. Because you said, no, because you said she's not even a man yet. A ma'am. <laughs> like ma'am. Hey, ma'am. <laughs> like ma'am is like someone you like. Ladies like, hey, lady. Like that. There's a difference between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, you thought I said man. Yeah, I was like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> People can make what they want to make out of that. Um, was it Whitmore? Governor Whitmore. Didn't she have a backlash for the protests? Mm-hmm. That she was going to extend the the lockdown, basically? Yeah, she wanted to... Oh, here we go. Boom and boom. What is that line? Do you see that line? I see a line. I No, I saw a line during your video, but not right now. Okay, we just might... Oh, there we go. Boom, look at that. I just, I just love technology. For now. Yeah, there was a, a protest, right? And she had to respond to it, and I think this was her response. The snow argument. I don't remember seeing that one in the Constitution. No, there's a, yeah, there's a clip of uh, Governor of New Jersey. And he's talking to Tucker Carlson. And he, Tucker, he, Tucker asked him, did you or anybody in your staff consult the powers given in the Constitution in order for you to shut down the state in the manner that you have? And he kind of like, you know, he gives his little political talk on it. And then uh-huh. he goes, no, I didn't, I didn't consult the Constitution. Or I didn't think about the Constitution when making this decision. Oh, nice. The, the one that he uh, swore an oath to protect? To, to uphold. To, to uphold, yeah. yeah. To abide. And to, yeah, all that's... Gosh. No, Who, no bueno. What happens? I know there's going to be a lot of movement in this one. I apologize. But what happens between oath and current day? What, what happens like to their psyche that they decide, you know what? I think, I think I'm just going to forget all the, the, the principles and the values that I had at, prior to being in office. And now it doesn't matter. I'm in office. Who well, cares? I, I think it shows that their principles are lacking. You know, it could be that they just never had them before they got sworn in. And that's just how they operate. Maybe they're following a certain code. Mm, yeah. Or is um, holding up to a narrative or, I mean, yeah, it's really, it's really hard, right? Because I, I think the, would you say, okay, let me ask you, would you say that the left has a more fluid uh, base or more fluid um, foundation than the right as far as it's more fluid and it's ever changing changing with the with the current or it's changing with the, the winds of the shifts or what have you I think so it looks like it at least uh, there's some research that's done that has been done that shows the political spectrum and what's like especially when it comes to this, the kind of where the right and the left fall and on the spectrum, it's it looks as though the right has kind of like stayed steady for the most part, whereas the left has moved progressively further left. Get it? Progressively left. Um, so it it looks as though it's it's been pushed further left. And yeah, I think it it makes sense to say that it's been 
pushed that way. It's been, it's progressed that way because there's uh, uh, elements of socialism, whether people like Bernie would define it as such, but it is socialism, and it's it's made it's radicalized in a sense, if you want to see it that way. Their their base and it's changed and it's morphed, and the younger generation has taken up that that cross, if you will, of progressivism and are are in the streets protesting whatever injustices they deem are fitting to their moral compass uh, that are not fitting to their moral their moral compass or picture or their moral story, then they want to bring those um, structures down. Yeah, they want to they want to redefine what yeah. it means, what it is, as Bill Clinton said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. It yeah. Depends how you just define it. I think that's how I said it. Um no, I it just seems like whatever whatever is more popular at the time or necessary or deemed essential or whatever is of importance or of urgency is going to be their principle at the time at any given moment any given time hmm. do you have an example of one of those uh, instances well like i think of what made me what crossed my mind was uh jordan peterson right what's one of his rules about pursue what is meaningful and not what is expedient mm-hmm. so i mean you look at look at politicians for example even um let's say obama and hillary and that at one point they were they were anti-gay marriage right yeah they had voted there's records that they have voted a certain way for an x amount of years and then once like, like you're saying that progressive left kept moving the goalposts towards the left or what would you say progressing it progressed left yeah it progressed left so once they they noticed the change of the of the winds or the shifting of the tide that's when they decided okay yeah now because it's popular because it's in now we we're going to agree with yeah this is okay this is popular because i think hillary's and i think i heard it on joe with uh maybe dave rubin but I think you mentioned as early as 20, 2010, 2011, that she wasn't in favor. I think it might have been 20, 2011. Yeah, it was just the election. Yeah. So. She, she, was, she was against it until 2011, yeah. Until it became, until it became popular. I mean, that's, I guess that's what we're seeing on both sides, right? That both sides have become populist and whatever is going to garner votes, whatever is going to garner more hits, more views, so to speak. Um, that's, a, that's the official position until, you know, it's subject to change. Like we see, like, 
like in advertisements, right? Advertisements or sweepstakes, uh, you know, the rules are subject to change. So yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of the same deal. That's point. interesting. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. It's like the political, uh, the political, this political game that we're playing. It's a game. Yeah. You know, and it's like, here's the rules and regulations, but yeah. And the fine print is a subject to change. It's like the term of conditions. They're, they're, they've, they've inserted a term of conditions into the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, essentially. And, yeah. and are treating it as though it is some sort, of, some sort of game or like those giveaways, like you're saying. I mean, I, I mean, where do you, I guess, now I'm like putting you on the spot, but yeah, where do you stand as far as like when should we reopen the economy? I know we touched a little bit about it today in the last few days, but as far as like the lockdowns easing a little bit. And All right. Because right now, right, the narrative is if you want to open up the economy, it means you don't care about human life. And if you care too much about human life, that means you don't care that people are starving because they can't work because they're, they're not getting enough money from the stimulus. A stimulus check, a stimulus bill. Okay, so last last uh, point first. The point of the stimulus check is that they they don't have any way of earning income. So that's an argument. If that's argument against, so that that serves as an argument for opening the economy, right? So then, if we, in other words, hold on. If, in other words, you're saying if we open the economy, then we don't need the stimulus check. Right. Okay. The, the, the point of the check, and I know Yang and I think Bernie now and others are saying that should be monthly recurring. But, but With no, or the, without a pandemic, yeah. right? But I would say no. The point of it was that people are losing their jobs. Now, to dig a little bit deeper on this is to say that 1200 isn't enough. I think that's easier to say or uh, an easy, there's an easy argument to be made that $1,200 is not enough. Now you, you dig a little deeper from there and you can say, why was so much money being allocated towards the Kennedy center? Or um, I think it was like, there's funds for like immigration or, or what have you. So there was all these millions of dollars that were, that was set aside instead of going towards um, those the citizens, basically, the small businesses, the most needy, essentially, those who are losing their jobs. But there's that point, right? And then if you kind of go parallel, you can say, well, there's a lot of um, funding being done to help, to, to help raise funds to allocate towards those who are in need. Like there was a fund put together for those who are in the rent, 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 uh, restaurant industry. So they were going to provide $500 to, I think it was like 20000 people which isn't a lot of people um, but it's still five hundred dollars to twenty thousand people on top of their twelve hundred dollars and then you know there's other uh, fundraising and other initiatives that are out there so you know the ceos are going to forego their their paychecks um athletes are going to be providing funds to the the staff at the stadiums and the arenas the in the comedian uh, comedy industry they put together funds 
for the staff workers as well. So then you're, there's a little bit of, of a, you know, pri private and public effort uh, initiatives that are, you know, saying this is important. Obviously, there's people who are in need and there are means to be able to rectify what what hurt or um, what is it? Struggles that are that financial struggles that people are dealing with, right? So there's all that. And then you think about if you leave it, if you leave it closed, well, you're gonna just exacerbate that problem. And you're gonna you're gonna be dealt with what you mentioned over text, suicide, depression and right. suicide. So the now rates, you're dealing, you're dealing the with rates are gonna go up. Yeah. yeah, the rates are gonna go up and now you're dealing with with um more death. So it's like if you open up death, if you leave it closed, death. It's like it's like the guy if you protest you go straight to Dell or if you overcook chicken you go straight to Dell. If you undercook under undercook chicken you go straight to Dell. I'm not even speaking correctly, but I need to enunciate. But it's like you you basically are saying here's option A death, here's option B death. Now to be in leadership position is to decide what what cards you want to play. It's almost like a losing bet. Now, all that to say, and kind of the umbrella of this is that obviously we can't control what the outcomes are. It doesn't matter what we do. Is how I look at it. So, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm left with. Right, because who do we blame for people that are going to overdose because they're depressed or they're, they have nothing else to do at home? Do we blame the government? Do we blame politicians? Like you're saying, the, the deaths are going to occur. Like how, how are we going to stop it? I shouldn't laugh, but it reminds me of... Uh, Star Wars. I don't know if you remember watching uh, episode three when Anakin becomes Darth Vader, mm -hmm. and that the Emperor or you know, Palpatine he <laughs> he tells him a story about somebody who was able to prevent his loved ones from dying. Mm. So, <laughs> like this very topic, it reminds me of Palpatine. And Anakin being, he's being seduced with yep. the, with like the like the fruit in the Garden of Eden. He's being seduced into believing that he can obtain such power, he can obtain such control over life itself. Okay. Okay. Let's and it's like I this. wonder if that's the fruit, the forbidden fruit that these these uh, governors or these politicians are being tempted by i wonder if that's like if that's part of it like they're gonna like we were saying you were saying earlier they're gonna forego principles they're gonna forego the rules they're gonna forego all these different things that are there to to right structurally they're there to to combat whatever kind of crisis you know kind of like um uh, like bankruptcy laws, right? Like they're mm -hmm. put in place so that 
right now the airline industry doesn't need a stimulus because sorry not sorry there are going to be airlines that fold and there's going to be other airlines that were better administrators they weren't in debt and they're just going to buy off you know they're going to buy off whatever they can as far as you know merging companies or what have you that's just the name of the game right that's that's how we that's how we innovate and that's how companies survive and and thrive really because oh go ahead now i wanted to go ahead and finish that thought because i wanted to go back to the forbidden fruit for go ahead go ahead go go to the forbidden fruit okay so i was thinking about this and i know we discussed this in in bible study but it, it talks about i forget where exactly now but it talks about how faith without works is dead I think that's James or somewhere. And so to be able to complete, to, to make, to complete faith, to complete that, you know, hear, see, do equation, we need to actually act on what we hear God telling us. Right. So in the same way in the garden, they heard the voice of the serpent. I would say that in and of itself was not necessarily the sin. The sin was the obedience to that, right? It was the action. It was the action, the, the, act, the act of eating the fruit. It was like listening and, and obeying that voice and eating that fruit, right? So that fruit is the knowledge of good and evil. Uh-oh. What happened? It froze and then it got back. I can hear you now, but I can't see I can't see your video. Oh no. Man. Are we back, Lee? Where are you? So when thinking about the forbidden fruit, the way I'm th- looking at it is they they can eat eat the fruit, the forbidden fruit, and that's the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So the fruit, as we know in, in scripture, the fruit is is the completion of something, which is interest, interesting to think about that in the context of the garden, right? The fruit was a completion of of God's um, creation, which is interesting, right? If you think about fruit being the completion of it and that that possesses the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So I was thinking about this way. When you talked about the, the senators, the governors that are tempted by this forbidden fruit, it's like in relationship to what we're talking about, the knowledge of good and evil could be the knowledge of life and death. Or how to ultimately preserve life and trying to stop death from happening, right? Yeah, basically, right? It's like the the information needed to, to make decisions about life and death, essentially. Because if you look at it that way, then these politicians, they're literally trying to prevent death from, from happening. 
now you insert the Blasio's comment or um, Cuomo saying that it wasn't God that prevented the spread. It was us. Right. It was science. It was human hands. So that's to say that in a sense, he, let's say he ate, let's say metaphorically speaking, he ate it. He's already abiding in the forbidden fruit. Yeah. He's abiding by that, by that. Um, it's, it's a truth, but it's, it's a lesser truth because we're so limited. We're limited beings and only uh, an internal being can understand the ramifications of the knowledge of good and evil of life and death. Right. Since God was there from the beginning and saw basically the, the death and the destruction and the chaos and was able to bring life out of that only god can has has that i guess you could say power right only, only god has that ability to do so what do you think about what do you think about this idea or this thought whatever we can't control we can't fully understand yeah is that you see do you see anything there yeah definitely so if you think about it this way um if we don't understand our own anger right if you go move forward to cain and abel then he didn't have understanding of his anger thus he didn't he wasn't able to control that anger right because that part of him was missing that ability to be self-reflective and 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 um introspective because okay so that let's let's pause there with that idea with that thought because it, this is kind of where i was thinking too um remember how i think it was yesterday when i was mentioning that there's been other outbreaks and other pandemics that have been global and have been you know breaking out and whatnot and in the past right we haven't always had the convenience of understanding things scientifically and how diseases spread and you know infections occur right we didn't have we didn't have a knowledge of how things were spreading or how it was occurring mm -hmm. um okay with that in mind and with the idea that um i saw with uh i don't know if you've ever heard of him but his name is eric july Mm -mm. So he's he's on Twitter, and he was just posing the question or posing the idea of if we know that this disease is only in, is mostly impacting people that are seventy and above, and the the death rate is highest for them, and he's like, and we know that most of the working force is not in their seventies okay but we're holding we're holding the quarantine the stay-at-home orders are mandatory throughout throughout all age groups mm -hmm. so he's saying he's like how is this how does this make any sense right yeah because they're not yes they're going to be impacted the most not that other people aren't going to be impacted but the same time then why you know why don't you just allow the workforce to go about their business 
and the people that are vulnerable, obviously you would have them quarantined, but okay. So with that in mind, we understand how this, this is spreading, right? For the most part. Yeah. So with that, with that idea in mind, as far as like, let's, let's go about this cautiously and we know that it spreads. So if we have all these preventative measures, we all wear a mask, we all have gloves, we all have hand sanitizer, we all have disinfectants, then shouldn't that really put everything almost to a very, you know, let's just make it, what if we set this up to a very minimum of exposure and, 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 contain, and uh, contagion? Like, why is nobody saying that? If they are, they're not, their voices aren't being um, amplified. Because I mean, because don't we want to go about this like wisely? And, and I keep hearing people say like, like with the whole Cuomo thing, like we need we're going to use and Gavin to an extent too. We're going to use science to make our decisions. Right. So in that case, and that um, idea, as far as like you were saying earlier about um, having the knowledge, having the understanding of how to go about it, how to combat it. It's almost it's almost like we're just throwing that out the window, and so it's like not only are we are we being tempted by the fruit, we're partaking of the fruit, and then we're saying, "Oh, I can also control the consequences of eating the fruit." Mm. At least that's what that's what I'm seeing, or that's kind of what I'm. Yeah. I think, right. I think that's the right way of looking at it. Because I remember, well, anyways, I, I know you have more, more to say. No, go ahead. Go continue. Because no, I, I think of that video I sent you guys about Robbie Zacharias, um, the very first one I ever sent you. I think it was like two weeks ago. Where he's talking about, um, at the very end, he's talking about how God's given us, in God's sovereignty and his love and compassion, He's given us the ability to choose, to choose our own way, to choose life or to choose life or choose death the way that it says in um, Deuteronomy. Remember when, when Moses is, is uh, telling the Israelites, choose, choose, choose ye this day who ye shall serve. Uh -huh. And, you know, it's basically God saying, I've given you a choice between life and death. Um, but anyways, Ravi Zacharias says, we, we've been given that privilege. We've been given that, um, that power to choose, but we haven't been given the power to choose the consequences of our choices or to escape the consequences. I should yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, I'm seeing this whole, like, like you're saying, this unlimited power that some of these governors are starting to dive into there. So I think some of them have bitten the fruit and they're saying, Hey, this tastes really good. Maybe I should keep eating this and I should keep spreading it around. Huh? Yeah. I, I think that's interesting that that concept of, of almost as though even from the get go, we we never really consider the consequences of our actions. Right. It's like, okay, Adam and Eve, uh, Cain. Then um that spread to like a whole a whole community. 
and then it's like destruction, and then the city and Tower of Babel, city slash Tower of Babel, and then here's the consequences of our actions. And then um, if you move forward through Exodus, uh, the the Pharaoh, his heart his heart hardened, you know. Like it, it just hardened and hardened, and it just kept getting stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. And then it's like, boom! Here, here are the consequences of your actions. Speaking of, speaking of Pharaoh, real quick, Grace said with uh, what's her name, Whitner, Whitmer, yeah. Whitmore. I forget her name. The, the Michigan lady. Mm-hmm. She was like, Grace made a good point. She she was saying, so now that the protesters came out, and she said maybe. You guys aren't getting the hint, and so I'm going to extend the quarantine or the lockdown. Um, she's like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that Grace is saying maybe that's her being like Pharaoh, where Pharaoh saw the plagues, he saw the the consequences. Yeah. And instead of it softening him, instead of it making him rethink things, he just got worse. Became more prideful, yeah. arrogant. But like with her, we're with with Whitman. We're seeing that transpire. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, not that that we want that to happen, but it's we've already seen that we've seen this in history. Yeah, we we understand the the way the the heart works, right? The way the heart, you know, it says um, the heart is above all, above all things. The heart is wicked. Yeah, it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Desperately wicked and and perverse. Yeah, so it's like the more power you give it, the more access you give it. It's not gonna. It's like it's like a lust for power. Going back to Anakin Skywalker, or Darth Vader. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because Obi Wan tells him that you've got a this lust for power. And it's I like, don't know. I know. I know. We're connecting a lot of dots here. We're kind yeah, of, we are. Like, it, it's all good, though. I think it, it's like, it's like that little taste, you know. Once you get the taste of the dark side, it, it, that t- you it, get a taste of the glory. A little taste of the glory. Get a taste. Like. Yeah. No, it's true though. If you think about it that way, it's like, it was so tempting, to, to eat that forbidden fruit for Anakin. And that yeah. power was so great. It, it's true. But yet, as we know in scripture, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. It cannot just extinguish it or comprehend it. So despite it being so great, it, it still cannot conquer the light. Because the light mm-hmm. is much, shines the brightest in the, in the darkest. It shines the bark, the, what is it? Darkest. It shines the the brightest in the in the darkest of whatever I forgot how the how you say it, but point is is that that it's interesting. So so if you think about Pharaoh and his heart hardening, you could say that the darkness um, took a hold of him, and it, if you will, it it it, it darkened like a shade. Um, blacker or whatever you want to say in a sense right if you want to look at it like it was like gray and then dark gray and then and then um light black and then dark black whatever right you could say despite that that progression 
God's God's um, bringing about the pestilence and the and the um, lice and the frogs and the and the waters turning into blood. That was the light shining through the darkness. God's way of showing what the light looks like. I don't know. That might be a weird way of saying it, but that's how I'm looking at it in this context, and and thinking about. No, no, it makes. Yeah. This is what this is what came to my mind when you were saying that. Um, it's like going to going to a bonfire or going camping, and you have a pit, you have a fire pit, and you have the the wood right or the logs in the pit fire, and it's time to go. It's time to go, you know, to go to sleep, lights out or whatever. And what happens when you pour water onto the fire? It doesn't turn it off. It doesn't turn it off. And it's hurting the fire, right? Like it's, you're changing the, the, consistency, the consistency of the flames. Now, when that water hits the coals at the bottom, then what happens? It extinguishes it it makes right but it's it's also making like a smoke like a smoke yeah show. yeah yeah so not only are you putting up the fire but you're obvious you're 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 obvious that nah, can't say this you're also you're causing yourself to be blinded mm. so you know you're you're still doing what you're trying to do but if you're right you're standing right next to the flames or right above it you know, against the wind, so to speak, then all that smoke, it's going to, it's going to hurt your eyes. Huh. Yeah. That's a weird way to put it. I know, but that's kind of what came to mind when you're talking about Pharaoh. He was trying to write, he was trying to put out the flames, put out the fire, the light. Yeah. He was trying to, to turn it off, but, yeah, because it says in um, in um, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? They were blinded. Yep. The light blinded them. Oh, yeah. I remember you mentioning that. That, that, that really stood out to you as far as the angels. First of all, they, they blinded the, the men who were after them. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting if you think about how in, um, I can never get these right, but I think it's the New Testament that talks about it is not uh, good for a man to look upon a woman. So I, I think about that in that context. Because, which is interesting because then if you think about, um, what is it? How does that verse go about? Uh, though I shall walk in the valley of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Yes, that's in Psalm. So there's that, but then also there's there's also um, that, what is it? That faith is not by what you see. I forget how you say that. I forget how the verse says it. To not walk yes. by sight, but by faith. Right. Yes, those those two definitely connect. 
which is fascinating when you think about the signs that we're looking that that we're looking for the signs but yet we could possibly even be blind to them if we don't have eyes to see spiritualized you think it's taken to taken to the Pharisees and the, or the, the Jewish leadership, I should say, and not being able to recognize Jesus for who he really was. Say the first part again. Like like the way the the way the Jewish leadership their response to Jesus, like they weren't they just didn't have eyes to see, right, who he really was. Or or were they just being defiant? Were they being ignorant? Were they being um, deceive. Oh, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it's all of them, all those attributes. Yeah. I just think it, because like, what, like what's coming to me, coming to mind for me was you're able to see, but you're not able to see clearly. You're not able to comprehend. You, you've said that verse a lot with, with uh, and John, that men could not comprehend the light. Yeah. That's another one too. Yeah. It's just it's so fascinating when we think about all these verses and how they, they very much connect. And it's true, like what we're dealing with right now, everything's really popping out. Scriptures are coming alive. It's almost though it's almost as though it's not theory anymore, even though it really wasn't. Yeah. It's like here you go. Here's here's how it's all it's uh, it plays out, which 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 is funny to me because, you know, Brett Weinstein will say we need to update it to 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 our modern day and age. But it's like okay, if 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 you're so in, not I don't want to say it this way, but like if there's if there's these complex ideas and and in biology that you're able to comprehend it's, it, it almost seems to me as though like can she just go through the scriptures and 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 kind of come to the same conclusions that many of of those who go through scripture come to like to me that's what i think about now right unless unless the how would you call it unless the end goal is not the same we were like we were talking about the rules or talking about the principles being changed okay yeah so like so let's say yeah let's say somebody says well i'm i'm always seeking the truth i'm a i'm a truth seeker but like you're saying they're they're seeing these stories in scripture these sayings these principles these laws but at the same time, it's a matter of, well, I'm going to say that I'm pursuing truth, but in reality, I just, I want to be right. Because hmm. that's kind yeah, of how yeah. I'm seeing the, that's kind of how I'm seeing the response by the, like I said, like these governors, these officials, these politicians, where it's like, they want to look. It's almost like a what's it called? It's almost a virtue signaling. Yeah, it almost is. Yeah, it's like 
I'm all about right now. I'm all about saving as many lives as, as possible. Right. But that's the, that's the end. Right. But the means of that is going to imply, or it's going to include all these, you know, emergency powers. To be able to, it's yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Okay. I'm, what I'm thinking about right now is Peterson's um, lectures and how the tyrant needs complete control to, in order to, to do tyrant things. Well, yeah, in order to in order to control the narrative, to right, make you sure that the tyrant is right. Because you can't. How would you call it? How would I call it? You can't. You can't be a tyrant without power. You can't. Yeah, you can't right? be. A, you can't be a tyrant without power. And so you, the only way to. Oh, go ahead. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking this. Like, you can't be a tyrant without power, and and the reason why you want to be a tyrant is is because you don't want to be wrong. Like right. you're so obsessed with being right that whoever goes against you. Is what it, which is exactly what we've seen in Soviet Russia. In, in Soviet Russia, I think that's more true there than it was in Nazi Germany. Once you once you spoke against the government, straight to jail, believe it or not. Right away. Right away. You, there's no questions or or there's you you they had they had so many they had so many. Um, ways of, of finang finagling it that you could be considered a political um, basically there was a, a, a separation between political prisoners and uh, I guess criminal prisoners the 58s wow. were the politicals so and that, that was basically anyone who let's say took a grain of rice from the field that was the um, collective farms from the collective farms right and they took a little bit of grain because their children were hungry. Well, they were basically defying the government in that way. So, so what that meant was that the citizens were hungry and starving, that they had to go and take food from the collective farms that were left, the crumbs that were left over. What that, what that was proving to the government was, and to people who were, who were going to find out was, that they were hungry, that it, that the the government was wrong in their in their um, in their seizing of the of the production of of labor of the farms. I know that was mm -hmm. kind of weird how I said it, but it's like no, in Venezuela, no people aren't aren't able to actually say that they died of starvation because then that would prove that whatever the government the Venezuelan government is doing is is wrong. Right. Because I, I think of like, okay, it sounds harsh, but this is just how I see it. Like, although, for example, the protesters in, in North Carolina, the protesters in uh, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them are being criticized because they're out there without PPEs or PPEs, excuse me. A lot of them, you know, they're not keeping social distance and 
what have you. So the government's saying it'd be better for you to comply and stay alive than to potentially be contagious and get someone else sick and die, right? Yeah. So is it harsh for me to, in, re in response to that, to say, it's, it's really your own health is in a lot of ways, not entirely, but in a lot of ways, it's your own personal responsibility. If you're a protester, shouldn't you, yeah, shouldn't, why, why wouldn't you want to wear PPEs or take precautions? And I understand that the, the part of being defiant, being rebellious, but if that's the case, should I feel bad if they do get infected? <laughs> no, that's a good question. Because they're, I mean, it's their life, right? It's their choice. And going back to, to what I was saying about earlier, about God gives us the, the power to choose, what Ravi Zacharias was saying, but we don't get to choose the consequences, and we don't get to opt out of the consequences. Right, there's going to be consequences no matter what. So, I mean, in that in that sense, right, let's say the government was 100% being truthful about we need to, to prevent the spread and prevent people from dying. So if that's the case, then why not, why not completely bring back pro prohibition? It's going to yeah. stop drunk drivers. It's going to stop people from dying of alcoholism. It'll stop murder, domestic violence. So it'll, it'll stop a lot of things. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I know that's just like one. There's a lot of things that the government could go in and stop, right? Go in and, and outlaw. Because it's it's harmful. Right. Because. But the thing is, right, the, the give and take is always, like, I was going back to the tyranny. Give and take is, well, you're going to have to um, really define, right, really define what the powers are for these authorities, these offices. And we're going to have to consider free will. Do we believe in, do we believe in free will or not? And and wow, okay, that's, that's another one. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. So, I don't mean uh, that sounded wrong. I'm giving myself credit. <laughs> I was saying that's interesting to my thought because no, no, go ahead, go ahead, explore uh, that. Because let me just read this. There was um, so Peterson's writing his second book, and on ThinkSpot. He so beyond beyond order beyond order. So it says here he wrote this uh, on the ninth of April this year. He says evidence from my from our actions for the the existence of free will as a question. And it says um, this snippet of a new of new writing is taken from the materials used for Jordan Peterson's upcoming book. In your opinion, how does the concept of free will balance against social responsibility under the current? social economic situation and COVID-19 outbreak regulations. So this is exactly what we've been talking about, right? So he's, it's a little bit long, but I think it's important for me to read this. So he says, it seems as if we cannot live with ourselves. 
befriend others, establish stable families, or organize functional communities without acting out the a priori truth of free choice and responsibility. If I treat myself like an autonomous agent, stalwartly confronting the possibilities of the future, properly punished within reason for my carelessness and stupidity, properly rewarded within reason for my judicious and careful decisions, then I am properly motivated to act attentively, properly, and with purpose. If I treat my family members as if they are characterized by the same attributes, taking into account limitations of age and ability, then I can enter into productive, meaningful, mutually, mutually respectful interactions with them of the sort that can be sustained over long periods of time. If I treat myself and those around me, by contrast, if they are no more responsible for or deserving of what comes of their decisions, then I can credit my mantelpiece clock for tolling the midnight hour, then we will not get, al get along at all. The same principles hold true at even higher levels of social interaction. If I act as if human beings in general, beyond myself and my family are responsible creatures who make the decisions that shape the world and who are justly and properly rewarded and punished for doing so, then I can reasonably invest in decision-making power in them. Having done so, I can with them establish an organization or even a state on the proposition that each person, person is appropriately and necessarily considered a valuable and sovereign individual as we have established our free and functional Western states and all that works. Furthermore, the opposite or the alternative fails. Does that prove its truth? Well, what constitutes truth and proof is a difficult matter, but I, but I believe that it is reasonable to assume that a pattern of action that stabilizes psychological function, familial interaction, and sociological, political, and economic structure has a strong claim to validity, all objections to the contrary. I know that was a mouthful, but that's him. That's his, his, his way of saying what, in a lot of ways, in a lot of, and his, that's his way of saying of what we were basically saying. Very, you know, very uh, eloquent way. Yeah, very Peterson. Very thought out, very, uh, yeah, form formulate. I feel like formulated that very well. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, why do we, why do we keep throwing a, a one size fits all? solution to all these really complex problems right i mean obviously we want it to be simple we want to play it out as uh, best we can but what's practical for you might not be practical for me yeah it, it goes into that, that that argument or not argument it goes into that very idea of when, what we hear god telling us is not the same thing that God's telling others. God's will for you in your life is not yes. necessarily the same, right? Same for me or others. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, how do you say it? It's specialized or, or it's, um, specific. It's specific, yeah. Because your, Customized. your needs, yeah, your needs are different than mine, or strengths and weaknesses are different. Yeah. We have a we have a different path. We all have our own path that we're on. <clears throat> it's 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 you know don't don't compare yourself to who you were 
to who someone else is today compare yourself to who you were yesterday or something like that that peterson talks about in his first 12 rules book right and it's that it's that very idea of i think it's that very idea of like the process you know everyone sees someone once they've succeeded but we re- we rarely see the work they put in the hours that they put in that the the process of getting to wherever they're getting we only see the we only see the uh, the, we only see the destination, but we don't see the journey. Yes, exactly. And it's important. And I think that's what's so important about and, and beautiful about scripture is that it talks about the journey. I think it's that constant reminder of this is what the journey looks like. It's like story after story after story. It takes you through that process. Even though it's in, in some sense it was not as is detailed from from Genesis. It was not as detailed in Genesis, but it became more detailed as time went on. Hmm. As in, in a sense, as like as we've updated our our understanding of what God has been telling us since the beginning. It's right. It's this interesting um, dialectic that we we have with God. I think that's a neat way of looking at it. It's like we have this dialectic with God and um, yeah. Yeah. Cause like the way you're putting it, the, the journey and the interactions that wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. So the journey, the interactions that Abraham had, they were different compared to what, joseph to what moses had right i mean they maybe there there's certain steps that looked similar but overall they had a like you said they had a different path they had a different um destination as well they both they all three of them had to work out their faith in their own like you said their own unique custom way but at some point, right, like they were led to do certain things that only they did, but that they had to struggle with or reason with. Mm-hmm. So I think, like you're saying, like the the whole, and this goes. I always, I know, I always kind of shoehorn it in, but it always goes back to my my concept of the of natural rights and how that connects with direct how that connects directly with being made in the image of God. Oh yeah, that's important. And that there are certain certain uh, aspects there that reflect God's sovereignty that right that signify that that human life is important. Human life is worthy of of, of respect and worthy of honor. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, to 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 say i think what that's also saying is that is that it gives glory to god to get to to honor the image when we when we acknowledge it when we recognize it yes and and to and to deny that is to deny 
is to deny the uh, goodness and and glory of God. Right, because then if you're always oh, mess up her name, Whitmore, Whit Whitmore, Whit Whitmore, yeah. I, I I always mess up her name. Um, yeah, right. For her to say sorry, not sorry, but right now the garden center at Home Depot is deemed non-essential. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like a lot of people, what if they, you know, what if they do have a garden and that's their way of sustenance? That's their means of food. That's their means of, you know, like how do you, Which is I don't know, scary. how do you overlook that one? <laughs> Yeah, and it's scary if you think about how it's that denial of it's so weird because like again, it's like that denial of of, of those seeds. You know, it's like a it's like an interesting metaphor. It's like the it's it's the tyrant that's denying us our our a relationship with nature and to be able to nourish those seeds. To be able to plant those in an environment that we didn't that we deem fit, we're denied that that the access to even interact with those seeds. You're being denied your humanity and the part of your humanity, your creative process that connects you directly with the creator of the universe. Right. Yeah. Because that's how we're when we when we say being made in the image of, we're reflecting the same process that that he he underwent or that he. Um, that he acts on. Because mm -hmm. like you were saying about the whole journey to faith, I think it's spiritually speaking, we do the same thing, right? That we have to have a seed, you know, word, and that word gets nurtured, it gets watered, right? It gets um, tended to. And then it becomes, a, when it becomes alive, you know, that faith turns into action. Yeah, it's interesting. So you said, but, hold, go ahead. Because I, I, when I said that, I'm I'm looking at James two twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead and go with that. Yeah. So real quick, uh, James two twenty to through twenty six. But do you not? Sorry. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Hmm. I, I, I remember reading that when I think Eliseo sent it over to us. And I, that caught my eye, uh, my eye. The spirit without the body is dead. Oh no, the body without the spirit. Not the other way around. Wait, how's how is it said? Whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. 
the body without the spirit. Which directly points to Adam and Eve. They, they died when they, it says that they died, right? They died, yeah. Huh. And then, yeah, the, the, when it, when it talks about when people, when people die, it says that the spirit left them, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. I think that's how it said, right? The ghost yeah. left the shell or something like that? Yeah. Huh. And then it says faith without works is dead. Correct. So faith could, I don't know if it's, I don't know if, if, if we're reading, if I'm reading too much into it. Could it be that the, that faith and body is, is equivalent? Faith and the body? Yeah. As far as the process, the steps in the, within the process, I guess you could look at it that way. Because, you know, people say you have to take a leap of faith. Yeah. And again, it refers to faith without works. Well, faith, how would I put it? Faith without works is the body without the spirit. Mm-hmm. I think it's not. It's not trying to say they're. Uh, what is it? What is it called? A uh, um, something equivalence. It's a illogical equivalence. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Basically, it's not saying the same thing. It's not saying this is this equals that. Faith doesn't equal body. It's the same. It's, li- it's not a linear comparison. Yeah. It, it's. It's not saying that. I think it's saying what it's saying you know it's like if if the body does not have a spirit that means the spirit the body is dead right so i think about the image of the of the bones and and they were watered so life giving spirit is the the well that is is God's spirit, the water that never runs out. Right. I know I, 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 I kind of went on a tangent, but. No, no, it, yeah, because it's Jesus saying, right, the water that I have to give, I give freely, and this water you shall drink and never be thirsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, we feel like. I think we've just been unpacking more and more in this episode. We're not. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like it's Christmas, and we're not getting. <laughs> and and it's the 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 Russian doll thing. It's a lot of stocking stuffers. It's, yeah. It's the box within the box within the box. It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, letters in the mail. Oh man, I feel like my my mind's been blown. Because I don't know if I don't know if it's I don't know if it's clear or just more confusing. <laughs> do, we need, do we need a part two to this? I think we do. I think so. Exploring more on on faith without works. Yeah. And how that relates to the current situation and society and 
the people in authority being tempted by the fruit? Yes, I think so. Let's, let's, um, I think let's run this by, um, Eliseo too. See if we can get a little bit more material, I guess, if you want. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's sharpen that iron for next week. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we like we didn't. We just kept unpacking and yeah, unpacking. Yeah, we just like <laughs> it's like those mazes or whatever. You're just like, oh, go here. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like write an outline of what we covered. Okay. Sense. I know I was. I know I was like, like you. I would add something, and then you would add something on top of it, and then I would add. Because <laughs> I think there's a lot here. There's just a lot to. There's a lot to explore, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, um, yeah, let's, let's end this part, part one, and, and we'll, we'll continue the discussion part two next Thursday. So, is that cool? Thursday, yeah. Well, let, let's, just, uh, let's just wrap up this episode and we can discuss. All right. Afterwards, but... Um, you might have some editing to do, buddy. Just a little bit. It was, uh, <laughs> it was good to see you, Ali, at the at, at the crossroads. Is that where we where we were? I think we were crossing the road right now. Why did the chicken cross the road? All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode for you all to to digest all in one little neat package. Um, we'll see everyone next week.